Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. All right, repeat after me. Say, glory is in the house. Glory is in the house. I am so excited about this new year because glory is in the house. We had shared with you last week what's been happening at the throne rooms that we have. We have a little remnant that comes and we worship and decree and declare, release the sound into the quantum realm, that kingdom sound into the quantum realm, and it's been so powerful. We had a manifestation of a gold glory seed kind of showing up prophetically in a vision. It was very large. And then the following week, the glory came so heavy. I, and this doesn't happen to me. I don't, I'm not the shut it off, fall out, shake and bake, okay? That's not me. I don't do that. I don't fake. I just have no interest in that, okay? And the shenanigans. But that day, I'm sitting in my stool on the worship team, and poor Brent and Lyra are continuing to worship, and the, the weight hits me. And I can no longer sit in my chair, and I'm like, I got to lay down. I feel like I'm going to throw up. It's so heavy, I can't sit here anymore. It hurts. My shoulders hurt. My back hurt. So I move the stool, and I lay down on the floor, and they're looking at me like, what is wrong with you? I'm holding my microphone. I'm still trying to do my part, give my portion, right? And they're like, okay. (laughs) But I'm laying there. My back is still hurting because the weight is so heavy, it was still hurting my back, even just laying on this hard carpet. I'm like, Lord, this is ridiculous. So I kind of squirm my way over to this step right here. And those three large, we call them the king's chairs, the pastor's king's chairs, are usually sitting right here, and we don't move them on Tuesday nights. We just don't move all the furniture. And the Lord says, get up and go sit in the king's chair. I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I get up, and I go sit in the king's chair, and he goes, and recline. So my feet go back. Laura, I'm mad about fall out of the chair. The glory hits them. The joy of the Lord hits them. And they just start laughing and crying and looking at me like, what is wrong with her? But the weight of the Lord was so heavy, it was hurting my back. I couldn't lay on the floor. And it was like he brought me to a place of a king's chair, if you will, to a throne, to a comfortable throne, a place of rest. And he said, I just want you to rest. So I laid the microphone down here. I just laid it there and sang into it. And Matt about really lost it when I did that. He looked around like, what the heck is going on with her? I said, I can't hold it. It's too heavy. And that's the era that we're coming into where the glory of God is coming with such a weight, such a grace, such a nobility, such a glory for those in the remnant who have persevered unto the character of Christ. And it was like I knew that I knew that I knew this entire year and a half and everything I've been through the last 10 years in this city and in this state and the trial after trial after trial after trial had worked a a glory in me. What does the scripture tell us? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Did you know that the scripture calls him the sperma, the seed? So that glory seed that I saw Tuesday night was a picture of Christ himself, solid gold seed. And the Lord, it was like as if in that moment, the Lord was saying, in this hour, in this era, in this year, I am coming home to rest, to abide, to dwell with my children. And that lit me up. So last week, we talked a little bit about the feasts, okay, and why we celebrate Rosh Hashanah. And the fact that this is a Shemitah year, say that with me, Shemitah. Make sure you say the M, Shemitah. 
Okay, Shmita. Turn to your neighbor and say, this year is a year of rest. Say, self, you have permission to rest this year. And then say, self, it is finished. It is finished. Every promise and every word and every prophecy that the Lord has given you over the past decade is finished. The glory is released in the decree, in the seed, in the word. When it comes forth from the mouth of God, the very power to perform it is in that word. It is finished. We talked about the Shemitah year happening every seventh year. It's a Sabbath of years instead of a Shabbat of days. Elohim commanded Israel not to plant or sow their harvest on the seventh year in order for the lamb to rest. And anything that grew on its own was for the animals to eat. But anyone in need of food was able to pick as they pleased. It's a beautiful picture of God saying, do you remember he rested on the seventh day? Even God rested. We need to rest. We need to rest. It's so, so important. It's a sign of our faith and our trust in him. It's an opportunity to hear him clearly. It's an opportunity to let him into me see intimacy. It sets him up as our priority, as the head of our week, as the head of our lives, as the head of this season. Okay, so we talked about that last week, so I'm not going to go over all of that. And I told you this week, we talked about the importance of the feasts and Rosh Hashanah and the first fruits and why we celebrate them all and how the first fruits, if you look at the meaning of every first fruit, which is associated with every tribe, okay, a tribe and a gem and a color in a season and a month, that it's really God's discipleship plan for the year. Each month points us back to him. It's beautiful, beautiful the way he set it up. And then we talked about Mount Zion and how we're making that trek and how so often we don't take a straight path from the valley to the mountaintop. We go around and around and around and around. So it's a nice steady walk or we'll zigzag back and forth, right? And how sometimes in our walk, it feels like, man, I've been here before. Why am I dealing with this again? But God is so gracious and he takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory. And he says, I, he promised us that he would push out our enemies. He promised the Israelites, I will push them out before you. Why did he say? Little by little. Why? So that the beasts of the field would not come up and overtake you. Right? There's a reason God says that an elder has to be a believer for three years. Because that pride can set in if things come too quickly. It can be real dangerous for the body. So I promised you last time that we met that we would talk about the mystery in 5782. We talked about that in the Hebrew language, every number has a Hebrew letter. Every Hebrew letter is a number and also has a picture and a significance. And that with each year, each Hebrew year that we come into, there's a mystery in the number of the year, okay? So we're going to talk a little bit about this today. I learned something a little bit new about Rosh Hashanah, and we kind of talked about it during the prophecy time. We know that Rosh means head, but Rosh also means chief. And when I read that this year, it was a little bit different. It was like Father God or Holy Spirit was saying to me, will you let me be the chief of your year? I was like, sir, yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. You created me. Yes, you may be the chief of my year. 
You may be the chief of my days. You may be the chief of my time. You may be the chief of my family. You may be the chief of this ministry. You may be the chief of my decisions, of my heart, of my mind, of my soul. You may be the chief of my city. Here I am, Lord, send me. Amen? The Lord wants to be the chief of your year. He wants to be the chief of your decisions. He wants to be chief over your life in this era. So we're in the Hebrew year 5,782, and we're going to talk about what each number means. And we've done this before, but he gave me a little bit different picture and insight this year than he'd given me in years past. So you'll notice that this will be a little different than what we talked about last year. It's like he's adding to the revelation. Five is the number hey. Say hey. Hey, you'll hear me say that a lot during worship. I'll say, hey, or I'll sing, hey, and I'm just releasing this grace of God, I'm releasing the fivefold multiplication grace of God into the atmosphere. Hey represents divine breath, ruach. It represents divine revelation, insight, understanding, and divine empowerment. And this is interesting because Holly prophesied into this early. Look at the pictograph of this. It looks like a person absolutely surrendered, arms up. I surrender. How does hay come? How does revelation come? How does light come? How does divine breath or utterance come? By surrendering completely and saying, here I am, Lord. Use me. Wear me like a glove, Holy Spirit. Fill the places in me that need to be filled. Give me the courage to say exactly what you want me to say and to do exactly what you want me to do. Come on, somebody. Seven is the number Zion. Say Zion. Sound a little bit like Zion? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's a crowned vav. Vav is the number six, which is before Zayin seven, and it looks kind of like a nail, but Zayin is a crowned six or a crowned Vav. Six is the number of man. So the crowned man is Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Zayin is a picture of the fullness of our inheritance, the fullness of the glory of God. It literally represents the sword. What's the sword? The word of God. Come on. A sharp weapon. It can imply to be nourished, to be at rest, or the word shalom. It can imply to be crowned with glory, okay, or be a carrier of the glory. And Christ in us is the hope of glory. We've got five and we've got seven and then we look at eight. Now, we, we've heard a lot about the year of pay because it's 82. So we talk about this decade of pay, this decade of the mouth, that we're learning. There's this clash between the kingdom of God. Last week we talked about in the kingdom of darkness and the dragon is roaring and the lion of Judah is roaring. And that it's so important in this era that we open our mouths and say what God told us to say, but that we do so with the heart of our king and the glory that he carries and imparts. Right? So we've learned a lot about pain about the mouth, but I want to go back and look at the actual number eight because eight is chet. Okay? It's a beautiful picture if you look at it of two vavs bridged together. It's got a look of covenant. It's a prefix to the words like lachayim. You've heard that? Lachayim, to life, to life. Right? That's the Israeli... Um, cheers. They say to life. Lachayim. It's in the word 
the Hebrew word of living waters. It's in the Hebrew word that implies new beginnings and wisdom and grace. It implies devotion or connectivity to the king. Chet looks like a gate. The pictograph looks like a wall. Several years ago when we were doing land assignments, the Lord told me, I want you to decree and declare when you go on these assignments that I set Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, as the gate in this place. And everything that is not of him must come under his feet. In other words, there's a wall so they cannot come in. And everything that is of him may come through the gate unto redemption, restoration, repair, and renewal. When he is set as the gate, it's, it's a place of rest for us because it's finished. He's the perfect judge. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And he is best able to say, come in or stay out. There's only one gate. Then we're going to move on to two. And this is the significant component of this year and the part that we're going to talk about most. And it is bait. Can you say bait? Okay. Now, I added that little dot in there because when that dot is not in there, it's actually pronounced vit with a V. Okay? So this is bit when it has the dot in it. And I think that's significant because we're in the era or the decade of pay, which also has that little dot in there. It looks like a tongue kind of or the back of a throat. Okay? Bit can refer to the house or the tabernacle where God dwells. Come on, somebody. What is his name? Jesus. This is Jesus' number. It's a picture of the ecclesia, Christ in us, the hope of glory, number two. It's a picture of the church and the people of God. Not necessarily the building, but the people of God. We're living stones being built up into a house that gives him glory. Amen? All right, so... We'll go to the next slide here. Skip this. What is the hidden mystery? When we put all these things together, 5782 is an age of revelation, life, and breath to receive the fullness of his spirit and be a sharp weapon of rest. Grace to go through and be the glory gate and door of his perfect love. In the house to release the voice and the roar of his son. And it was like the Lord was so specific about the fact that we, he was calling us to be a sharp weapon of rest. Because when we're operating out of the fullness of bait, out of the fullness of the son in his finished work, we talked about this last week. We operate from that place of the scepter of the third heaven, seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We don't have to go down into the second heaven and cut off heads and do all that. We just say a thing. We say what he says to say, and he releases it, okay? So I shared that, that testimony with you, I think, last week about releasing the javelins and the three Mormons that snuck into that service that we didn't know about. And he, the javelins got released into the throat of the... Did I share that or no? Okay. So we shared that, right? I didn't know what was going on. All I did was, just like we were saying early, spirit lead me. And Holy Spirit led me. And in that moment, I'm innocently and pure-heartedly just sharing the love of God. And these warlocks are sitting there trembling in their shoes. One gets up and leaves the room. Because the Lord is like, no, 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 in Jesus' name. Now, he loves them. 
And the whole message that was preached after that was about his redemption and that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So they heard the gospel. So this aspect of operating from the place of rest this season is so important. It is finished. And you have been given everything you need for life and godliness through your knowledge of him. And just like Lonnie was prophesying, and kind of everybody, the Lord was doing it through everybody. He was weaving this throughout everybody. It's, it's resting in that finished work of Christ and saying whatever he tells you to say and doing whatever he tells you to do and knowing that he has a map and a strategy and he's slamming open doors like Jackie prophesied. And you just need to keep taking that next step forward. And it is always good, like Cammy was singing. It is always good. It is always a great plan for us. And that we ourselves are literally a gate. Lift up your head. Lift up your gate. Lift up, you ancient doors, you ancient gates. We are the gates. We are literally connected. We're seated spiritually in heavenly places, and yet we're here on earth. We are the portals through which God works and brings his glory into this first heaven. You and me. Come on, somebody. Does that light you up? Come on. Why do you think the devil's always messing with you? He's scared. He knows as soon as you open your mouth and you obey the Lord and you release the glory that dwells inside of you, he is defeated absolutely, completely destroyed and obliterated and that you were created to bring the very kingdom of God here on earth just as it is in heaven. It's so, so important. All right, so just a little bit more review. Last week I'd shared a little bit about this dream that I'd had. Okay, I got off the plane. We landed in this airport, but it was winter and there was snow everywhere. And I'm walking up this mountain and I'd left my baggage back on the plane. And I can see my friends and my family and a bunch of people in the cave. That's where I was headed. It was lit up. It was warm. It was beautiful. There was a gorgeous table set with tons of food. And the snow's like up here. And I'm trudging and I'm trudging and I'm trudging. They're like, where are your bags? I said, listen, if you want my baggage, you're going to have to go back and get it because I'm not taking it through me. There's no way I'm carrying it through the snow. And we've been in a season where we decreed and we've decreed and decreed. And God began to talk to me. I said, I'm like, Lord, what is this snow? What is this snow? What is this snow? I don't get it. And he said, Stephanie, he gave me this verse. Listen. This is so beautiful. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And he took me to verse 10 and it says, as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to the heaven without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. What was the snow? The snow is the word. He was saying, you're in the season, and some of us are in a season where we've decreed and we've declared, and we've decreed and we've declared, and we've decreed and we've declared, and we're plowing through the snow, and we're waiting for the sun to come and the season to change and the land to get heated up so it can water the ground and bring forth fruit. And you're going to hear today what the prophets are saying every year. On Rosh Hashanah, the Lord has me go through the top 50 prophetic words and bring the things that seem to be relevant so that we know the trajectory he's pointing us on. And you're going to see this year, the season is changing. The land is heating up. And those seeds that have been sitting dormant and frozen and cold and waiting that you've, having to, you've had to decree over and over and over again, and you've been waiting for the land to warm up, this is now. 
The season is now. The land is warming up and those, that snow is melting and it's watering the land and life is beginning to come forth. I love the rest of this verse and so many times we don't read it. Verse 11 says, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it, says the Lord. You will go out in joy. Repeat after me. Say, I will go out in joy. Come on. And be led forth in peace. Say, I will be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you. Say, the mountains and the hills will burst into song before me. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Say, and all the trees in the field will clap their hands. In other words, all of creation will worship. All of creation worships as we walk in the fullness of who he's created us to be. Come on, somebody. He said, instead of a thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown. Lord, we give you glory. Let it be for your renown. We give you all the glory. For an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Come on, somebody. That's all right, Laura. You go, girl. Hey, hey, that's right. Hey, that's right. Get to clapping. Get to clapping, trees, because I'll tell you what, the sons and daughters of God are arising in this hour, and they've been awakened, and they're coming forth in the fullness of their glory. They've been crowned, they've been tried, and they've been proven faithful by the grace of God, by the finished work of Jesus, by the infilling and baptism of the Holy Spirit. They've been baptized in fire, and they've been purged, and they've been clean and cleansed. And everywhere the sole of their foot treads, they are bringing the glory of God, the grace of God, the success of God, and the dominion of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is the season that we're in. So I went through all the prophetic words like I usually do. I'm so thankful. I want to give um, credit to Steve Schultz. He does such a fantastic job through Elijah List. He makes it very easy to look that stuff up. And um, I used to get the emails all the time, you know, but I just can't do that. So now I go to the site. I just go to the site when I want to see it because the inundation overwhelms me a little bit. Um, but I'm so thankful for him. So we just, in the spirit, we give him honor. We ask that you bless him, Lord. And there were basically two categories that the Lord showed me. There was the category of the nations, words over this nation and over the nations, and then words over the church, which can be taken as personal words or corporate words for the church body, for whosoever. Okay? Repeat after me. Say, I am whosoever. <laughs> okay? Get ready to receive because God has some things he wants to give you today. In this whole sermon, as we go through this today, we're going to be very intentional about decreeing and declaring, immediately activating it. So there's not going to be an activation at the end like we normally do. We're just going to look at what Father God is saying through his prophets and then decree immediately and set the trajectory. Okay, release that sound, that truth, that glory, that grace over our lives, over our cities, and over our nation situations, okay? So it'll kind of be an interactive experience. Let me change this here. All right. 
This one hit me like a ton of bricks. Candace Smithman said, double glory is coming to the earth. Now, we already had that experience and had had kind of a confirmation in our own time through throne room, but it was just another confirmation. It's about the double glory. It's about the double grace. It's about the double weight. It's about the double anointing. She said, glory means weighty in a good sense. It can mean rich. It can mean honorable. It can mean one who is abounding as in reference to a nobility that they have. In other words, the word of the king carries weight. The word of a president carries weight. The word of a ruler carries weight. The word of God carries the greatest weight of all. The Lord told her, we will come to know the fullness of our kingsmen, redeemers, weighty presence this year. You feel that? We will know his splendor and his majesty as we come to know his nobility and bow to him reverently in this first heaven, earth realm. And we did that today. Everyone surrendered to what it was God wanted to do, what God wanted to say. Holy Spirit, lead me. And as the Spirit moved, we all brought our portion. We did what he wanted us to do. We said what he wanted us to say. And this is the new norm in the corporate church. This is what God wants the church to look like, the we, the him choosing who to operate through and what he wants to say and what he wants to do and which vessel he wants to use. And it's going to take an increased measure of trust on behalf of the leaders to know that we know that we know that he is good, that there's no Holy Spirit Junior that he can speak through a little Carrington as much as he can speak through a, a, a wise, you know, aged Lonnie. That the word can carry the same weight, the same amount of glory, the same importance, the same grace, the same power, if we will yield ourselves in this realm. They went on to say, the Lord is filling the earth with his glory and sending a roar on the earth. And immediately, Camille, I saw your tattoo. Okay, Camille has this tattoo of a lion on her arm. She's got a word about the roar of the Lord. And I sensed Father God was saying he's raising up the next generation and he's calling you into your place and we need your voice. We need you to practice roaring. We need you to practice releasing what it is that God has laid on your hearts. And you need to know that this generation has your back and we want to hear what you have to say. There's a cry that you have that our generation doesn't have. There's a compassion that you have that's a little different than the compassion our generation has because of the things you've had to endure, because of the people you've been in relationship with, because of the things you've been tempered by in culture. They've impacted you differently and there's a grace you carry that we need. And there's a grace we carry that you need that'll help you learn to persevere, that'll help you learn to stay in it, that will help you learn to, by the grace of God, cut that head like butter in the spirit in Jesus' name. Let it slide. And I think sometimes the younger generation looks at us and goes, man, I don't know if I'll ever be there, but the Lord says, yes, you will. I'm bringing you in. I'm training you up, and you might feel like a squire right now, but I tell you the truth. I'm getting ready to knight you into the next place of your promotion. It is time. And I don't know, Jackie and Cami, if you're open to this, but the younger generation, maybe even Matt, but I'm seeing the sword. 
Yes, it's right behind the thing right there. If you're willing and you want to receive that right now, Carrington, you can as well, whoever feels like, you know, the younger ones. We want to knight you into the fullness of who it is you're called to be. We want to receive you into the kingdom if you're willing to do that. Miss Laura will come stand up here. We can do that now if you're open to it. Like, don't stab anybody, Laura. <laughs> stab me, please. Stab me, please, she says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so if you want to receive that, come on forward real quick. Where's Patty? Patty, will you grab the anointing oil and anoint them? And the decree anointing over them? Yeah, definitely. Humility is the, is the prop. You kneel wherever God tells you to, girl. Ask Holy Spirit. Okay. Carrington, please take a knee before the Lord, not before us, but before the Lord. And Patty's going to anoint you. Okay, start with Carrington, Laura. Father, we knight Carrington in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and we decree and declare she's shifting from squire status in the kingdom to knighthood, that she will see more, that she will hear more, that she will speak more, and that she will roar more in Jesus' name. We decree and declare over her that there is no Holy Spirit, Junior, in Jesus' name, and we welcome her in all the fullness of who you created her to be. We decree and declare that her books of destiny be opened in heaven right now, and that the fullness of your anointing for this era be released on her in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we anoint and receive Jacqueline Dominguez and all the fullness of who you created her to be in her Hispanic culture. The Lord says that you have a different sound, Jackie, and he's awakening it in you this year. He says you are not a squire and you know that you are called to do great exploits in his name. You're an elder in training and the Lord says you are very good at what he has called you to do, that you need not doubt yourself. This is the time, this is the season, and you are rightly positioned to do great exploits in his name. I just hear, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. He baptizes you today with an overcomer's anointing, with fire in Jesus' name, with supernatural love and grace. And he says, do not be afraid to release your original tongue to your native people. Your nation's sound is welcome and needed. It is welcome and needed, and as you release it, it will shake the nations that speak that language in Jesus' name. It will awaken the people. It will draw them to his kingdom. We praise you and we thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we anoint Camille to roar. We decree and declare an activation of all of their voices, but of her voice in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We decree and declare the door to her past is shut, and all shame is rolled away, and she is clean before you. We remove any unclean garments that the enemy has tried to place on her through the word, and decree and declare she is righteous, she is holy, she is pure. We decree and declare in this hour, in this day, she also is baptized by the power of your Holy Spirit and your fire. And we activate all the fullness of all of their destinies and say, let their books of destinies be open. Let the fullness of you've, who you've called them to be be released from heaven this hour, this day, in Jesus' name. 
We baptize them now with the overcomer's anointing. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Amen. All right, if you receive it, just say, I receive it. I receive it. Okay, make sure you say that. Thank you so much, Patty and Laura. Okay, so the whole day is kind of going to be like this. We're just going to keep doing what God says to do, okay? Because we're shifting things in the atmosphere. We're shifting things in the kingdom. God bless you, Jalen. Jalen, as you sneezed, I just heard, the Lord said there's things you've been asking him about to do in your heart. And he wants you to know that he has heard your prayer and he's going to do it. It will require you to surrender, son of God. But you are a mighty man of valor. The Lord says you are a mighty man of valor. And he's changing your perspective of how you see yourself. It's not just about your drawings. It's about the heart and the voice and the sound that he's placed within you. He says, you used to sing and you're going to sing to me again, son of God. He says, it's awakening the love and the tenderness of when you were a young child. I can see you as a young child, full of joy, running around, doing things, and just happy and lighthearted. He says, I'm returning you to that place. I'm returning you to that place. Great, great, great will be your joy, son of God. Great will be your joy. Thank you, Jesus. As we connect with God's heart for the mess in our nation and our culture, no matter what the circumstances look like, we will step into a greater knowledge of the Lord and it will become a roar. I want you to repeat after me. Say, I decree and declare that I receive in this new year a double portion of every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. A double portion of his spirit a double portion of his glory and a double portion of his love. A double portion of his compassion, a double portion of his boldness, and a double portion of his roar. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Ooh, let that settle. I feel the weight of the Lord coming into the room. I feel the weight of the Lord coming into the room. You feel that? I can feel that. I just saw a boxer and that belt that they give him, the heavyweight champ belt. The Lord says, I'm transitioning you from lightweights to heavyweights this year. So just receive that belt in the spirit, put it on, put it on, put it on, wear it proudly with humility. We're proud of who your daddy is, okay? Mandy Woodhouse said, prophets of hope are arising. They see the traps of the enemy, but they, these prophets of hope see beyond them to the chariots and to the horses and to the armies encircling the cities of God, just like Elijah, when the servant said to Elijah, Lord, my Lord, what are we going to do? Look at the vast armies before us. And what did he pray? He said, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he was able to see all the angel armies surrounding. Okay, so decree and declare with me. Say, many more are them that are with us than them that are against us. That's right. I hear this too. I decree that Holy Spirit will show me 
the secrets that are being spoken in the king's chambers. And I will hear the enemy's plans against me. And by the grace of God, they will be thwarted. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Prophets of hope arise and remind the people of God what is there, what is coming against them. God is raising up these prophets of hope of a different spirit. They're like Caleb's and they have eyes of faith that God gave them. God named Caleb a man of a different spirit. And he says to you, I'm making you a man or a woman of a different spirit. You'll see the problem, but you will no longer talk about the problem. You will talk about how good God is and what he's able to do and how he will definitely, ultimately, always obliterate and destroy your enemies and bring them under the feet of Jesus. He's shifting your mindset. He's shifting your mouth. Decree and declare this over yourself. Say, today, my mouth, my tongue, and my teeth are set to the vibration of the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. By the grace of God, I will say only what he tells me to say. I will say only what he tells me to say. This is a season of realignment for many. And these prophets are voices of hope who carry a different spirit. And they will be the very catalyst for those who need to be adjusted back to the heartbeat of the Father, which we talked about today. Come on. They lean in and rest their head upon his chest and they say to him on a regular basis, intimacy, I'm not afraid because I know you love me. Intimacy, I'm not afraid because I know you love me. You gave everything so that I could live, so that I could be forgiven, so I could be in relationship with you. Therefore, I rest my head in peace upon your very heartbeat. And I decree and declare against the enemies of God because we war not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places, right? And when that enemy comes and says she or he is the problem, the Lord will bring a shift in you to see the spirit behind it and deal with the spirit instead of coming at the person. And then decree and declare salvation and grace and mercy towards the person and kingdom order and justice. That is love. The joy of salvation is returning to these weary prophets and to God's children. And they will return to their first love. Yeah, receive it. The joy of the Lord is returning to the prophets and to the children of God. And they are returning to their first love. The wellspring of joy, the place of joy. Number four is Lana Vosser. She said, now is the time for 24-hour major monumental deliverance. Just say, Lord, I receive it. Because it's to us, then through us, right? 
if he is eternal and he is, if he is inexhaustible love and he is, if he's unknowable because love just goes on and on and on, the depths of who he is are unfathomable and unknowable because he's eternal in his nature, then we always have a little bit more we can learn, right? So we just receive that deliverance, Lord. We receive more of you. Amen? This is a rather lengthy word, but I thought it was so good because really in this hour and in this season, specifically in regards to the nations and the nation, God is bringing deliverance. And we look at this last year and a half and we see all the riots and the division and the bickering and the fighting and the hurt and the murders and the deception and the drama. And the enemy would have us to believe the devil is winning. But the truth of the matter is, once a thing is exposed in the natural, it's defeated in the spirit. So this stuff had to come to the surface. And just like God, the goldsmith, turns up the heat on an individual and boils that gold to get the impurities out, he does the same things in nations. It has to come to the surface so that we can deal with it. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It has to come up. The people need to be able to voice the hurt that they have, the wounds that they're struggling with, the confusion that they're vacillating between. And the Lord, with his grace, through the mouth of his saints, through his ecclesia, through his bit, through his house, through you, through me, through the glory gates, will sweep off the dross with his grace, with his love, and with his truth. So Lana Vosser said this, and I'm going to read the entire thing because I thought this was so key for the nation and the nations. She said, God is moving in such power that monumental change will take place in a day. Decree this with me. Say, monumental change will take place in a day. In this nation, in the nations of the world, and in my family. Things will look one way and then suddenly the mighty wind of Holy Spirit will come in power and bring significant deliverance and complete change personally, statewide, nationally, and to the nations of the world. Come on. He is delivering his people from one thing after another. I saw chain after chain, lie after lie, bondage after bondage, attack after attack, torment after torment, suddenly breaking all at once. He is delivering them from multiple things all at once. Just say, I receive it, Lord, I receive it. I receive it. He is bringing forth multiple births at once. Anyone feel like you've been birthing some triplets, some quintuplets, some something? <laughs> Dear Jesus, please. I just want to breathe. <laughs> Push. <laughs> right? And there's another one. I need some maid servants, right? <laughs> Can you hold this one? Can you change this one's diaper? Jesus, help. <laughs> right? But that's a beautiful thing. He's a God of multiplication. He's birthing things. He's birthing things. He's birthing things. Saw many, she said she saw many have been in the battle where they have faced trial after trial, torment after torment, and they're crying out in desperation to the Lord for deliverance, where there has been deep, deep loss and deep grief, a deep wrestling and a struggling to let go of the thing, to surrender. 
But the Lord was speaking over their lives now and telling them that he is coming as the mighty deliverer. I want you to think of whatever circumstance. Say, nation of America, my God is coming as a mighty deliverer. Say, prodigals, my God is coming as your mighty deliverer. Enemies, my God is coming as my mighty deliverer. I shall be free. He's coming to deliver us from pain, from strongholds that have taken root, from grief and from trauma, from lies that have entangled us, from addictions, from depression, from suicidal thoughts and night terrors, from thieving spirits, and especially from hopelessness. He is coming now, she said. Many have been in a place of one things after another, trying to cripple them, trying to take them out, but now... They are moving into a place with the delivering, resurrecting power of the Lord to set them free and break their chains and move them into a place of multiple birthings. Come on, somebody. The scripture says when the righteous cry out, that the Lord hears them and delivers them from their many troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And saves those who are crushed in spirit. Amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the scripture says the Lord delivers us from them all. Not from some, from them all. Every single one. All means all. We shall be delivered. These powerful moments of deliverance will leave nothing unaffected. Everything about us, everything about them, everything about our nation will be touched and will be changed. He is bringing radical transformation into the hearts and lives of all of us. We will never be the same. The testimonies will rise. We will begin to go forth walking in boldness like never before. We will begin to move in the power and the authority of Jesus' name to do his work and to partner with him in ways that we never imagined. She says, I saw Fire in a ferocious focus of faith. Decree and declare this with me. Say, I am baptized in the fiery love and in the fiery focus and in the fiery grace to hit my target this season in Jesus' name. The Lord says that he's moving in great awakened authority through us. There's not going to be that fog hanging over us that, whoa, I feel kind of like, oh, I don't know. I feel disoriented. The, the disorientation is leaving. Fogginess is leaving. Lack of clarity is leaving. Focus, sniper focus is increasing in this season. You're going to see the target. You're going to know what it is, and you're going to know in the spirit how to hit it. You're going to hear well. <laughs> Everything can change in a day because you're going to come out. He's, <laughs> I love this. There is nothing, you're going to come out saying this, there is nothing my God cannot do. Everything can change in a day because of his name and his power. Nations can change in a single day. The most impossible situations can be overturned because Jesus shows up. 
The enemy has fought so hard against some of us, these ones, to steal their voice, to steal their faith. But God says, now they are arising unchained, unhindered, untethered from the snares that have so long tried to hold them back. They will go forward now in deeper and bolder faith, testifying to and burning with a deeper revelation of Jesus as their deliverer moving forward in the power of his grace and the power of his name to break every chain, every chain that they come across. And I'm just being reminded right now of that verse that talks about Peter, and it says when he walked down the street, his shadow healed people. There's a glory and a grace that's coming on the persevering ones where it's going to be a shadow. All they will have to do is come into the shadow of the Lord and the glory and the grace and the weightiness on our lives, and people will be healed. Come on. Come on. Number five, we are about to see heavens open America. Decree this with me. Say, I decree and declare open heavens over every city in America today in Jesus' name. I decree and declare that from heaven to earth, love is coming forth. Healing is coming forth. Provision is coming forth. An encounter face-to-face with the Lord is coming forth. Entire cities, entire cities are going to be changed in an instant. This prophet said, apostolic and prophetic angels are rising to release an open heaven over individuals, ministries, and businesses. And I hear over cities. They are also being released to expose corruption, religious bondage, that has kept people confused and bound. So, Father, we repent on behalf of the church corporately for the religion that we have perpetrated, for the systems that we have put in place, for the faulty foundation upon which we of the church have built in Jesus' name. And we decree and declare today the angels of the Lord are loose to wreck it all in Jesus' name. And we decree and declare that the foundation of the ecclesia, the true ecclesia, has been set in place in the true foundation of Yeshua HaMashiach is the only thing upon which we build. Lead us, Holy Spirit. Lead us. We praise you and we thank you. She goes on to say, they are also being released to expose corruption, religious bondage that the people have been confused by and bound by. We will see justice and righteousness established and America will turn back to God. The sleeping giant has been awakened. The body of Christ is opening its eyes and beginning to roar, beginning to speak, beginning to love, beginning to get out of the four walls of the church and be the church. Number six about the nations. God is raising up Joseph, Joseph's to redeem the nations. God is anointing Josephs who see redemption when others only see despair, okay? So this is the apostolic component of that prophetic, the prophets of hope. These are the apostles of hope, the Caleb's and the Josephs. We will pioneer because we see potential. We see hope. We see redemptive opportunities. We see that God says he will repair the breach. He will restore the places that have been long devastated. He will heal the dwelling places that have been ravaged for generations. The Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release the prisoners, 
to give beauty instead of ashes, the spirit of praise instead of a spirit of despair, and to decree and declare the day of the Lord. The Josephs are apprehended by God's heart. Again, the heartbeat. To decree and declare the redemption of cities, of family lines, of entire generations, of nations. And to join in with Jesus, asking for the nations. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Come on. That's the heart of Abba. Okay. Those were the primary prophecies that came forth about the nations. There's a lot of hope, prophets of hope, apostles of hope, redemption, deliverance. Come on, somebody. Come on. God is about to do something miraculous. Portals opening over cities all over our nation and the nations of the world. This is going to be a good year. The other category was words over the church, and there's several more personal words or words over the corporate church, okay? So this will take a minute, but I'm gonna, we're going to go through them all. Number one, get clean, get dressed. It's time to enter the throne zone. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going in. Are you coming with me? <laughs> when I read this, I thought about the throne room and what we do on Tuesday nights and how you never know what's going to happen when you show up on a Tuesday night. You don't know if you're going to be on the floor. You don't know if you're going to be rapping, if you're going to be singing a sad song to the Lord. You're going to be singing some hillbilly. You're going to be redoing a, some kind of popular song about we got the power. You never know. But God always shows up, and it's beautiful, and it's glorious, and he does what he wants to do. And that's the beauty of the throne zone is the enemy never knows what's going to happen. It's like the Delta Force approach, the Delta Force team of coming after the enemy. Because we come in and we say, Lord, here I am, send me, sing through me, play through me, speak through me, prophesy through me, do some goofy prophetic act through me because we want to glorify your name. And we want your kingdom to come and your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And it's like a sneak attack. They're like secret plans. We don't even know what's going to happen. So it's not like he knows. But it's so much fun. It's like riding on this glorious train and just having the time of your life. You know, it's like open and present after present after present in his presence. It's beautiful. So this is by Faith Marie, ba I don't know how to say her name, Baxico. She said, we are to come boldly before his throne. However, this is the warning. This does not allow us to combine boldness with arrogance. Okay, so I'm thinking about that day I was like flat on my back, right? I could have tried to stay. I could have like resisted. No, it's all about absolute surrender. What do you want to do, Lord? And how do you want me to respond to you? We come dressed in the mantle of humility and from that place of humility in our royal robes of salvation and Christ's righteousness, we see him face to face. And he gives us a secret mystery that he wants us to release into this place. And we obey. And atmospheres are changed. Cities are changed. Lives are changed. Lives are saved. Pride cannot exist in the heavenly places. It does not exist in God and it cannot be before his throne. Humility is the key to going into the throne zone. God wants his body to get clean, to get dressed, and to get ready to dwell in his glory in order to be granted full access to the throne zone. 
So decree and declare this over yourself. Say, by the grace of God, I humble myself so I can go in and out of the throne zone anytime I want. Okay? That's good, yeah. This is for the church. It says, building begins when the enemy is subdued and under your feet. It is time to build up the house of God for the harvest and his manifest presence. The Lord God has given me rest, said Solomon, on every side. But what happened before Solomon came into rulership? David had to war for him to bring rest. And we have been decade after decade warring and warring and warring and warring and warring, and we're coming into a season of rest. Five, seven, eight, two. Five, seven, eight, bet. Rest, the finished work of Jesus Christ. The first mention of bet, it's the very first letter in the word creation at the beginning of the Bible. Bet, bet. The word ahava, love, is two, two, two. Bet, bet, bet. It's when Abraham goes up the Mount Moriah and the Lord says, give me your one and only son, your son that you love, Achava. You truly love him with your whole heart. It's about covenant love. It's about sacrificial love. Bet. Building begins when the enemy is subdued and under our feet. Solomon said, the Lord my God is giving me rest on every side, but someone had to fight the war. So, Father, we honor those who fought in the generations before us, and we ask that you bless them. We honor those witnesses, the great cloud of witnesses, and those in our generations that sit in heaven and peer over heaven's gate and are cheering us on, praying that we will finish what they could not in their time. There is neither adversary nor misfortune there are key principles to glean from this passage. We know that Solomon could build a magnificent house for the glory of God, but the building began when the enemies were subdued and under the soles of their feet. We think, you know, thanks to David, thanks to Yeshua, every enemy is under, being put under his feet, right? He says, sit while I make your enemies a footstool for you. It goes back to that place of rest. It goes, we're shifting from sword to scepter. From, from warring in our flesh, in our own strength, to sitting in the finished work of Christ and watching the Lord, decreeing, saying what he tells us to say with that scepter, and watching him do it, and just waiting on him to finish what he's going to finish in the spirit. It's a big shift for the church. We must seek the Lord for deliverance over our enemies and put our feet on their necks in this hour. So just decree and declare this. My foot is upon the neck of my enemies in this hour. Not by my might, nor by my strength, but by the favor and the finished work of the Lord in Jesus' name. I felt that. In scripture, it says that Judah has his enemies by his neck. 
The neck is the place where the head connects to the body. In other words, I will choke out your ability to communicate to the rest of this organism. You will not on my watch move against the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Praise, praise, praise. It says Judah, Judah, Judah has his hand around the neck of his enemy. And when we praise like we did today and we go all in, worship the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, and we're willing to look all crazy whether we're dancing or la, 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 whatever, it glorifies God. And I'm telling you what, it's like we're in the throne room and we're worshiping before the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all of our strength. And the demons have to flee because darkness and light cannot dwell together. They must submit. They must submit. This is a season of war. In this decade, we must learn the art of warring from the place of rest and the, our position of rest in Christ Jesus. Okay? All right. I like this next one. It says, glory zones. There are going to be places, there are places and people being prepared for God's glory to land. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is one of those places. This is a glory zone. I just want to say to you here in this gathering, you have been faithful. And so many times you may have been tempted to look around and say, who are we? What is this little remnant, David, Stephanie and her little band of people? Who are they? But I tell you the truth, you guys are Caleb's. And you are Joshua's, and you are atmosphere changers, and it takes but two or three to change an entire city. Two or three, that's it. It was only Joshua and Caleb that said, let's go up, let's go up, let's go up. If there's two of us in this room in agreement, we have the victory in Christ, amen? And this is a glory zone where the glory of God is going to fall and the people will flock because the love of God has been proven in the hearts of the people here. We have chosen covenant. We have chosen love. We have chosen forgiveness. We have chosen to be unoffendable. We have chosen to speak the truth. We have chosen not to close our doors. We have stood when they told us to sit. We have fought when they told us to stop. We have decreed when they told us to be silent. We have unmasked when they tried to cover our mouths. Great, great courage by the grace of God is in this place. This is a glory zone. He said, these glory zones, these prepared landing cities and places are jealous for his presence and faithful to guard it. And every time you get up and you say what he tells you to say during worship, or you sing what he tells you to sing, or you play what he tells you to play, you're guarding his presence. Every time we say, Holy Spirit, lead me, you're guarding his presence. Every time you forgive, you're guarding his presence. Every time you overlook or cover something, you're guarding his presence. And that's a place God can trust to send wounded people. And he trusts you. I just want to say well done. I don't tell you guys that very often. I want to say well done. When David was in his cave with his band of warriors, they were all the runaways. They were the re rejects. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean. Okay, but they were the rejects, his little band of misfits. But I'll tell you what, they became later on the mighty warriors. They led the armies. They were the generals in the armies. Why? Because they stayed in a small place and did the small things until God decided to promote them. 
Then they were faithful. They caught the little foxes that spoiled the vine. And they did it day after day after day after day. And they said to him every day, intimacy, intimacy. I will stay in covenant with them. Intimacy, intimacy. Then have your way in me, Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Number four, persevering ones. God calls you faithful. And I feel like that's a word for this body too. I just decree and declare that over us, over you. You have been faithful. You are a faithful one. And I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I hear, great will be your reward. Not only here on this earth, there too, but in the heavens when you see him face to face, you are going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Number five, it says open doors. He's going to open doors that no one can shut before his faithful servants and shut doors that no one can open. So just decree and declare that over yourself. Say, God calls me his faithful servant. Therefore, this year, he is opening doors that no man can shut. And he is shutting doors that no man or woman can open. In Jesus' name. Mm. This is a word for many of us who persevered through trials and who will now see doors opening before them as God goes ahead to prepare the way. For the Lord is now rising in his people to begin to build his house according to his design. Say, his design. Say, Lord, we surrender to your design. I just heard, say, make me, break me, and fit me where you want me to be. <laughs> I know you don't want to say it, but I'm saying it because I tell you what, I'd rather be broken where he wants me to be than be the mess and be not fit well, you know. Everything he breaks becomes beautiful. The nations will fear the name of the Lord. The kings of the earth will revere your glory doesn't say his glory it says your glory the lord will rebuild zion and appear in his glory that's what we're experiencing this year the lord rebuilding his church rebuilding zion mount zion it's going to be normal to come in and out of zion in this presence it's not in the four walls of the church that people get changed. It's as we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. We're changed by his presence. We're changed as we behold him. Amen? And what we're really doing and what God's doing in the church, in the corporate body, he's creating a space where his presence is so honored, where he is chief and he is in charge so that people can get encounter him face to face. Each portion, each person brings their portion. Each person says what he tells them to say or she tells him to say. They do what he tells them to do. And it might not mean anything to everybody else in the room but one person. But that's who God is after. And we find out later, days later, months later, weeks later, whatever, what he was doing. And it is good and it is God and he is worth it all. Amen? All right. So the next one on the church, number six, battling in the opposite spirit. When the enemy tries to enslave us with one thing, we need to move in the opposite spirit to overcome it. So 
If division comes against us, we return with unity. Intentional unity. Intentional support. Just because a battle doesn't end when we respond in an opposite spirit, it doesn't mean that we're losing the battle. So decree and declare this. Say, I am, by the grace of God, winning every battle that I have battled in the opposite spirit towards. I thank you, Father, for loosing angels to bring a manifestation in this hour to confirm the victory. In Jesus' name. So there are some people that battled in an opposite spirit. We've got Joshua and Caleb. They said, let's go. God is with us. And take the land. Come on, somebody. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. It looked like he was going to be devoured. Them lions hadn't eaten. You know how we know this? Because when he threw the other guys in there after that, they ate them right up. But Daniel didn't get eaten. He trusted himself to the Lord. They didn't devour him. God's glory protected him. Hannah was barren for years and then finally gave birth to Samuel. And she said, Lord, I dedicate him to you all the days of his life. This is also a season where we have to refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. We cannot look at the outward them and discount the gift that they carry. You have to listen to the spirit behind what they're saying. Okay, so I'll, I'll give an example. Um, like, we all know Alan and love Alan, right? When he gets up here and he did um, Purim that time and he waved his little Haman thing around, there was such a glory on that. He does it with real quiet voice. But I'm telling you, there was might. It's like he was swinging the sword of the Lord around and the atmosphere was changing. There's an innocence and a purity on him that shifts an atmosphere. But someone might look at him in the natural and be like, I don't know. But God says, no, that is my man of God. He is of Jewish descent, and I'm working mightily through him. And you might think, gosh, Lord, I don't look like Stephanie, or I don't look like, I don't know, Donna or Patty or whoever. I don't operate the way that they operate. I don't do what they do. I can't say it like they say it, but God wants you to be you. And as long as you're doing and saying whatever you're doing and saying with a pure heart, it is glorious, and it is beautiful, and it is of him, and it shifts the atmosphere, and it changes things, and it brings his kingdom here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Number 10, fight fear with faith, sadness with joy, self-doubt with God's definition of us. Fight confusion with a word from the Lord, and fight judgmental spirits with love. Say, Holy Spirit. Fill me with the grace to fight every battle with the opposite spirit, with your spirit, with your truth in this hour. In Jesus' name. All right, amen. I thought that was so good. All right, so a few more words to the church. The Lord is sending waves of refreshment to his people and reminding them of past victories. Come on, how many need some refreshment? Yeah, just soak that in. I could feel it when he said it. I could, it's like I could see a big cool wave coming over and washing over all of you. Yes, waves of refreshment. We receive it. Thank you, Jesus. 
says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. It talks about him going back, even in reading the book of Kings and the different things that he had done in the lives of the Israelites before him. And he encouraged himself in the Lord by going back and reflecting on the victories of his past, not just his own victories, but of generations before him. If God did this for them, he'll do it for me because God's no respecter of persons. It doesn't even have to be your win. Did you know that the word testimony literally means do it again? Do it again, Lord, do it again. Go back and look at your own testimonies in your own journals. And if you don't have any, look up testimonies on YouTube and watch them over and over and over again until you feel completely refreshed and encouraged and strengthened. They said the oil of gladness will be poured out upon all those who are sad and in despair. This is from Mary Dorian. She said, get ready for the year of light. The oil of gladness will be poured out upon all those who are sad and in despair. They will re receive new garments of praise for clothes saturated with heaviness. I just want everybody to stand up real quick. I'm going to do a prophetic act. All right? I want you to prophetically remove off the heavy garments from this year. All the weight of the nation and the drama and the medias and the lies and the bad things they've said about you. Take them off prophetically in Jesus' name and throw them on the floor. Okay, throw them on the floor, throw them on the floor, and then raise your hands to the Lord, raise your hands to the Lord, because this is going to be a year of great praise, this is going to be a year of lightness, this is going to be a year of grace, this is going to be a year of empowerment, and as you praise him, the Lord is going to take his hand and put it around the neck of your enemies and defeat everything that is coming against you, everything that is coming against you, say, I receive it, all right, you may be seated, amen. Because you received a double dose of shame, the Lord says, in dishonor, you will inherit a double portion of endless joy and everlasting bliss. I'm going to receive that for myself. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. And so are you. And Lyra, I just saw Jake. And the Lord says, so are you. So are you, love. Everything will be revealed for what it is. Many secret conversations are going to be made public. Many will be shocked. The Lord's warning to the church is this, stay merciful and stay humble. The temptation when the enemy starts to get exposed is to get proud and haughty and be like, I told you so. See, I was right and you were wrong. The Lord says, stay humble, because the goal is deliverance, right? And if the goal is deliverance, we have to be positioned in humility to receive individuals when their minds are changed about what they thought was true. We have to love them, because they're going to be in shock. It's going to be hard for them to drink it in, okay? We have to be able to respond and not react. We want them to feel welcomed and not beat down or shut out or shamed, okay? It goes on, she says, many divine appointments and new connections to those with similar destinies. Decree this. Say, I decree new divine appointments and connections to those who have similar destinies as me in Jesus' name. All right. And then there was a warning she gave, and she said, be careful of going on these wild goose chases. All right? Have you ever seen the movie Up? 
And that dog with the cone, and he says, squirrel. Every time he sees something in the spirit, squirrel. 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 He's ridiculous. My name is Dougie. I love you. I am here to. But he has no sense because he's always distracted. He walks into a room, and whatever comes into the room, squirrel. Dougie, sit. Dougie, shut up. Dougie, listen to the Lord and do what God tells you to do. We cannot, and this is hardest on the seers, okay, because you guys, and feelers, you guys feel everything, you see everything. You cannot be Dougie this year. You cannot be squirrel. You see it, Lord, what is this, and what do you want me to do about it? You deal with it, and you move on. And if you can't, if you're feeling like Twitter-pated, okay, because this is bothering me, come find somebody and say, this is what I saw. I just need somebody to partner with me to deal with it real quick. We'll deal with it, and then we'll move on, Okay? There's a reason you're seeing it, and I'm sure there are people in the room that will partner with you to get rid of it, but we've got to be able to do that because we have to be sniper-focused because it's really about his presence. It's about getting our hand around the neck of our enemies. It's about bringing the kingdom of God. It's about taking land. It's about setting up altars of praise. It's about decreeing and declaring his glory. Amen? The other warning she gave was she said, catch the small foxes so that you won't be distracted from your destiny. And I thought that was so good. Sometimes it's the little things, right? Like I stayed up binging on Netflix one night too many. <laughs> okay? It's the little things. When I know the Lord told me to go to bed after episode two, that it was okay that I watched it, but I didn't need to watch episode four, five, six, and seven. Right? You been there? Am I just the only unholy one in the room? Okay. So it's really important this year. Listen, listen. Because your temple, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be able to hear succinctly and hear sharply and hear well and your discernment to be on, you got to be rested. you got to take care of that temple. I'm laughing because I'm seeing Mountain Dew as I'm looking at a friend. you got to take care of your temple, okay? And, and, and I told my daughter the other day, we were talking, I said, she goes, uh, you know, Mom, I need to really take better care of myself. I said, sweetheart, this is a deal. Everything in moderation. I eat really pretty strict all week long, and then on Saturdays I eat what I want. If I'm craving Oreos, I have Oreos. If I want a Mountain Dew, I have a Mountain Dew. You know what I mean? If I want a bag of chips, I eat a bag of chips, whatever. But I don't do it every day. It's the little choices that we make every single day that make a difference in our lives, right? And it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy other things, right? Did you know that science says that we actually have a relationship with food and what we think about the food as we eat it actually impacts the way that our body processes it? So I eat that Oreo and... This is so good. Thank you, Jesus Crunch Crunch. I'm not going to gain 50 pounds from seven Oreos. I'm just going to enjoy this Oreo on my Saturday Sabbath because God created the person that created this to bless me. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm just saying. Now, I'm not talking about gluttony, but I'm saying, you know, give thanks to the Lord. It's okay to enjoy some things, but we got to catch some little foxes, amen? I'm just having fun with you guys. You know that, right? All right. Let's go to this next slide. All right, the church. <laughs> Multiplication. Multiplication. The more the Israelites were pressed and persecuted, the more they multiplied. So look for opportunities where you're pressed to share the gospel of the kingdom with others. Every time you're pressed or persecuted, it's an opportunity to display the glory of God. 
Think about the situations we've been in today. Lyra, with my situation, said something to me that totally rocked my world. She said, Stephanie, I've watched you go through this trial, and this was back in the beginning. She said, I'm absolutely amazed at the love of God on your life. And I didn't realize in my mind at the time, I was suffering so much, I didn't realize the impact that just responding in love and in grace was having on an individual. But so many times there, there are people watching us, and you don't even know it, and just living out obedience to Father God changes someone's life. It raises the bar for them and shows them where they can go and what they can do if they'll partner and yield to him too. Let me think here. God has not abandoned you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you. You are being rebirthed, reformed, and revived to rise out of the ashes this year. Decree this of yourself. Say, I am beautiful. Come on. I am glorious. Listen, Lonnie, men can be beautiful too, right? Come on, somebody. That's right. You carry the King of kings and the Lord of lords on the inside of you. You are beautiful. You are glorious. Yes. Yes, you are. The desert season will soon fade away and you will drink from the waters the Lord has promised you. Come on. How many of you are waiting for some promises? Yes. Just decree that. Say, my promises are no longer delayed. I shall drink from the waters that the Lord has promised me. Amen. She goes on to say, be strong and steadfast. The Lord says, I will sustain you and rebuild you. You will have joy again and your barns will overflow. Come on, somebody. We stand at a threshold moment in time. Get ready for a fresh oil movement. Decree and declare this with me today. Say, I declare today that any pain will pass away and that I will have joy again that my strength will be renewed and my heart will burn with a deeper passion than ever before. I decree and declare that hurt, loss, and pain will cause me to multiply and increase. And I decree and declare that my Father God is raising me up to be a Joseph in my family, and that I will bring others out of the pit, and I will be the very answer that they are looking for. Amen. Kathy Pelton talks about the threshold moment in time where we're carried in the arms of intimate grace. She said, you cannot cross this threshold on your own, and you were not meant to. Stop trying. This is a time of surrender, to surrender your strength, your might, your strategy, and your power to the Lord. It's a time to be still and know. And she tells this picture of a groom when he picks up the bride and carries her across the threshold. And it's like she had an open vision with the Lord where she was just worn out. She's in the bride's dress, and all these demons are coming at her at the threshold, and she's fighting and fighting and fighting at the gate. And she finally just gets down on her knees and says, I can't do this. And the Lord comes up, beats them all off, Picks her up and carries her across the threshold. She's my bride. Don't touch her. She's mine. Come on, somebody. 
She heard the Lord say, I am doing a new thing, and it carries fresh oil. This movement will be all of me and not of man. Come on, somebody say amen. It won't be birth of the flesh. It will be birth of my spirit. It cannot be stopped, and it cannot be blocked. God is raising up those who have been disqualified by man's religious systems. How many of you were put out by some men or women? Come on. The Lord says, I am qualifying you. It will be a church that will no longer reduce themselves to fit into culture. Passivity has passed away, the Lord says, and the warrior bride is arising. With strength and with an apostolic anointing of an ox to plow, to build, to break ground. This flow will be pure as Davids are raised up who possess a different heart and release a new sound. That's you guys. That's this house. You guys are already doing this. I'm reading through these as I'm preparing for this message, and I'm like, Lord, we're operating in a lot of this already. This is so good. So I want to encourage you and tell you we are on the cutting edge. We are hearing well and responding well. And I just hear, well done, now good and faithful servants again. Well done. All right. Last one on the church, I think. Yes. Yeah, good luck reading that. The deliverer is arising over your house. Mm-mm-mm. Kathy Walters released this. She said, God is getting ready for this Niagara Fall movement in the spirit. Did you know that they said, it says in the scripture that the voice of the Lord is like many rushing waters. And the Niagara Fall actually releases all of the frequencies that exist. That's why God's voice is like the voice of many rushing waters. His voice is like many rushing waters because it's all the frequencies. It's all the fullness of everything. And Niagara Falls has all the frequencies in it when they go and and test that sound. So what does it mean when God says he's going to release a Niagara Falls movement? It means he's going to release a movement that hits all the different frequencies and shifts everything in every sphere, on every frequency, in every level, in every heaven. In every city, in every nation, because it will have the fullness of his voice. There's sometimes when we're in throne rooms and we're hitting jazz chords and Brent and I get done afterwards, I'm like, I've never seen that before. He says, me neither. I'm like, that was so good. He's like, yeah. And I just love it because it's like God has taken us on a frequency roller coaster to hit notes he wants to hit, to, to change places he wants to change. And sometimes we don't even know what they are. But we're obedient, we're faithful, we release it. And I'm telling you, you can feel the glory, and we feel different when we leave. He wants you to have everything you need for this next season. He puts his desires in your heart. So look at what's on your heart. God may need to change some of your mindsets so that you can embrace some new ones. It's funny, when you find out something you've believed in forever isn't true sometimes. The Lord wants to shift some things. Say, Holy Spirit. Shift what you want to shift, because I want you. Sometimes she said, we want God to hurry up a bit, but his time has a purpose, so trust in him. Yeah. So just say that to yourself. Say, heart, trust him. His timing is perfect. The deliverer is working and moving, and I really felt this was a prophecy over Shane, okay, specifically.
The deliverer is working and moving. Let him finish the job. Amen. If you rest and believe he is continuing to move on your behalf, God makes plans for you even while you are sleeping. Hey. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Another individual said, let the word work for you, and this was so good. She told a story of how she decreed and declared and decreed and declared and decreed and declared, and the Lord, she was so tired, kind of like that bride. She got on and kind of was talking about how she was just in a really weary season, and the Lord said to her, let the word work for you. Stop trying so hard to decry it like this, to say it a certain way, to be full of the fire. Just say what I tell you to say. Or just thank me and posture your heart in a place of faith and don't say anything at all and trust that what you've already decreed is working for you and just wait for the season to change. Come on. She goes on to say, it's time to stand up and confront demonic threats against our families and communities. It's time to back up those who are already in the crosshairs of the devil. And we've been doing that. You all have been doing that really well. She goes on to say that the Lord said, I am going to pioneer the place of Hebron again. Okay. This is from, I'm sorry, this one's from Duck Sheets and uh, Chuck Pierce. Hebron is the place of friendship. He's going to restore friendships. It's the place of the league or confederacy and federations. He's going to restore this nation and the original federation that he desired to build here. The word itself doesn't mean covenant, but in everything that it does mean, it has this idea of covenant in it. He's going to restore covenants with nations, with peoples, with leaders, with families, with husbands, with wives, with sons and with daughters, with fathers and with mothers. He's pioneering the place of Hebron. Hebron is where Abraham was buried. Authority is released as we walk in covenantal friendship with God. And Hebron is the place that he chooses to put his covenant people. He's restoring covenant. So good, Lord. You're so good. It says the generals will take on the giants. These are hidden generals, but they're now coming forth, and I think that speaks about our body too. The Lord only keeps a person in a cave for so long. And then eventually he says, okay, prepared one, it's time. You remember David? He was in the cave, he was in the cave, he was in the cave, he was in the desert, he was in the cave, he was in the desert, in the cave. And then the day came. The day came. He'd already been anointed as king. He was already ready for the position that God had called him to. But God was working some things in him. He was preparing the army. He was positioning and getting things in order and getting the foundation set. And then there came a time, an appointed time. And he says, I'm calling you out of the cave and out of the hidden place and you're coming forth. Isn't that good? Cindy McGill as connected with Winman, she gave this word. She said, the generals of this army have already been selected. God has been watching in secret, testing and observing those whom he knows he can trust to lead this final quest in this army of people, those who have learned to listen well and obey quickly, regardless of the cost. 
These generals are the hidden ones who until now have been through fire after fire, refined in the desert, survived betrayal, accusations, and misunderstandings, but they have remained humble and teachable and unoffendable. The focus and attention of these generals is on God and on God alone. They have not allowed themselves to be caught up in the petty details and distractions of busyness that sucks life away, offering nothing for their efforts. They are fit to lead without compromise. And God trusts that they will not wound the soldiers that are appointed under them. These servant leaders have a backbone of steel and a tender heart to lead by example instead of barking orders with pious attitude. Their instruction in giving direction is solid, and they are walking in perfect sync with the Lord of hosts. Their corrections are given in love, yet they are uncompromising and demanding change if change is needed. And this is so good. She goes on to say, these are the five areas. No, you're fine, baby. These are the five areas where the glory is going to hit with redemption. The church, the homeless, the prodigals, the children, and the new agers. And I think that last one is so important. We talk a lot about the church. You know, We talk a lot about the prodigals. The homeless is a whole different thing. That'll require some humility to receive them like we do Ronnie, right? But the new agers. I was thinking about that, the New Agers. They're practicing in the supernatural already. They're fascinated with the supernatural, but they've got it confused. So they're going to come in, and they're going to have some experience, and they're going to know some things, but they're going to need to be taught on how to operate from the place of the kingdom instead of the place of the kingdom of darkness, but from the kingdom of God. It's going to take patient endurance to train them and to disciple them. It's going to take leaders who are willing to be like, I said no, that is not of God, and that's not going to operate here, but I love you. Let me teach you how to do it the kingdom way. You're seeing right, but your interpretation is off. Or you're seeing and hearing right, and you're interpreting right, but your reaction or your response is off. Right? I'm kind of excited about that. Because we're not going to have to teach them about the supernatural. We're not going to convince them that it's real. Right? It's kind of exciting. Oops, let me pull this one back up here. Let me bust it open. All right, pretty exciting, pretty exciting. Another warning they gave was revelation versus relationship. Because revelation is going to be so rampant in this hour, the Lord is saying, make sure that you prioritize relationship with me over revelation. Don't just come into my presence to get revelation. Come to see me. The intimacy, intimacy. That's where true revelation flows. That's where you become a pure conduit that it can flow through in a way that honors him. And, and it, it, Laura and I joke about this. We've joked about this for decades. We call it a glory hound. You know, someone that goes to conference, to conference, to conference, to get, 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 gimme, 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 gimme. And it's not really about meeting with God face to face. It's about getting more glory, getting more power, getting more revelation for me. It's dangerous. It's a fine line between seeking his face and seeking the gift. Okay, so there's a warning there from the prophets on seeking relationship with him versus just revelation from him. The revelation will come when you seek relationship with him, okay? We talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm just going to mention it and then move on. He said, this is the year to find your voice. Say, I decree and declare this year the full roar of the king of kings, of the lion of Judah, is activated in my voice. By his grace, I shall roar. I shall say everything he tells me to say. 
and the angels will hasten to perform it. Amen. I love this one. Don't panic if you're surrounded by darkness. You are a spiritual sniper positioned. So simply take your shot. And some of us have been in situations where it's just dark, 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 dark. We're like, Lord, what's going on? He's like, honey, (laughs) calm down. I put you there. I put you there. Look through your scope of me, my son. Get into your Zion scope and look into the spirit and see what's going on. Cock that bad boy back and take your shot. And it shall be accomplished. And if you say what I tell you to say and decree what I tell you to decree and properly ask me for the interpretation of what I show you and what you see, you will hit your mark every time. But I can trust you there. You're in the dark place because I can trust you there. Lay low, get under my covering, lock and load, and shoot. You tracking? Come on. Amen. All right, I loved this one. This is one of my favorites. This guy says, um, micro-movements will have mega-influence. Hey. <laughs> micro-movements. And I thought about us. I thought about our gathering, specifically, and about Coggle as well, actually. He says, I saw these micro-movements being moved and positioned into key positions, regions, and spheres where they, needed, where they were needed most. They were unsure because they were so small, but God was raising up the church in all seven spheres of influence. They were releasing a turnaround anointing everywhere that they went. They were releasing the fire. I thought, come on, somebody. In all seven spheres of influence. They were bringing kingdom alignment in every sphere where they were. All right, so decree and declare this. He gave this declaration. I want to do this one. Say, I decree, Holy Spirit, baptize me and every person in my sphere of influence with your fire. Remove every trace of fear. Remove every fear of man. And sever Jezebel's muzzle. Remove the control of religion. Remove the political spirits of legalism and put courage into our hearts and into our bones. I decree and declare that the dead bones of dropped movements will come back to life. There will be an ignition to visions and dreams and the favor of the Lord in my life. As I step out in faith, by your grace, I will birth what you have given me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, final word. So, you know, I always say, Daddy, what do you want to say to your people? And I'm laying in my bed because I got my new computer, and now I can do my PowerPoints in my prayer place, which I really like. (laughs) So happy. And... uh, I look up and I saw this new decoration that um, I had put in in my room and it says home. And I immediately heard, I am coming home. That's what the Lord wanted me to tell you. I am is coming home. The God of the burning bush, the God that delivered the Israelites, the God that parted the waters, the God that heals the lepers, the God that defeats the armies, the God that heals sickness, the God of glory, 
the creator of heaven and earth. He is coming home. He's coming to abide. Five, seven, eight, two, bet. He's coming to dwell in you in the fullness of his glory. The glory is coming home to live and to stay and to remain in you. The scripture tells us Christ in us is the hope of glory. The Lord wants to be chief in our lives this year and in his church when we gather. There was an awesome portion from GOZ. Um, Deanne Eddy sent me a link the other day to watch it live because some of our First Nation friends were there. But they had this Baptist lady get up and preach. And it was so funny because she's a Baptocostal. And she's like hidden in the Baptist church but full of the spirit and has been there for years. And um, has been in relationship with GOZ for a while and gone to all these conferences to find people that understand the power of God. And she said, God is looking for people who will be violent for him in the spirit. The scripture says the violent take it by force, the kingdom of God, that the violent take it by force. And this, this is what she said, and it was so good, and I felt like you wanted me to share this with you today. I'm looking for those who will be violent in the spirit, not in the natural. Will you be violent for me? Will you be violent in love and violent in joy? Will you be violent in grace and violent in forgiveness? Will you be violent in generosity? Will you love your enemies as I have loved you? Will you be violent for my glory, for my name's sake, for my renown? So if that's a yes for you, say, Lord, I am willing. Grace me to be violent for you. Grace me to be violent in love and violent in joy and violent in grace and violent in forgiveness and violent in generosity. And violent for your name's sake. You are of another kingdom. You are not of this world. You're aliens. <laughs> Citizens of another world. Amen? Conflict is going to be unavoidable. So I want you to talk to yourself. Say, self, conflict is part of your job description. And you're made for it, which means you're good at it. It means you're good at it. Say, I know how to handle conflict well. It's easy. No problem. Because God's got me. That's right. Okay? This is a new season. Conflict isn't going to bother us. It's not going to make us tremble. It's not going to make us nervous. This is what we were made for. We speak the truth in love. Sometimes people don't like the truth. That's okay. We're still going to love them, but I'm not going to bend down and take it. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have that conversation because I love you. The Lord said, I am coming home. I am dealing with your enemies. I am vindicating you. I am delivering and strengthening you. I am disciplining your brothers who don't understand you. I am coming to you in all the fullness of my glory. Do you want me? And Lord, I just say, yes, come. And if you want that, just tell him, yes, come. And I'm going to close with this. Um, oh, what's the guy's name? It's Supernatural. Thank you, Sid Roth. I was like, why am I wanting to call him Alan? <laughs> Sid Roth, Supernatural. It's Supernatural, yes, okay? So he's absolutely precious. I love this man. 
And he had Rabbi Felix on his show. And Rabbi Felix um, is a Jewish man who got saved and uh, had an encounter. The Lord took him up into heaven and talked to him. Okay, so he had a face-to-face encounter with the Lord, and it's really cool. I'm just going to share with you what he said the Lord said. This is the piece we're going to end with today, okay? And I feel like this is a direct word from the Lord's heart to the body of Christ and to you specifically. Rabbi Felix was taken up to heaven and saw the Lord as Rabbi hovered over the earth. He saw desert places where green life and trees began to burst forth and produce life in a dry and arid place. His heart began to weep, and he began to feel very compassionate towards the people because they were thirsty, and they were hungry, and they were tired, and he realized that their hope was increasing. And then the Lord said to him, and and this is, he said, when the Lord spoke these words, his heart changed, and a deep, deep compassion rose up in him. It was almost as if he could feel the pain in the hearts of the people. And I feel like that's what we're receiving is an impartation of that on behalf of the people God is having us intercede for in our nation and the nations of the world. He said, tell the people the long nights are coming to an end. And the day will soon be upon you. I am going to remove the grave clothes. No longer will your heads hang low or your shoulders pressed tight. Freedom, freedom, freedom is coming in this year, five, seven, eight, two. And I'm just going to add, and I am bringing freedom to you. Amen. So if you want to receive that, just say, Lord, I receive your freedom. I receive your freedom in Jesus' name. All right, so that is a lot of information to take in, but it gave you a good idea of what's happening in the nations. We've got prophets of hope, apostles of hope and redemption arising. Those who've been wounded and who've been hurt, vindication is coming. Healing is coming. Grace is coming to put our hand around the neck of our enemies. Hope is returning. Restoration of families and deliverance of nations is coming. This is going to be a good year. And the body of Christ is going to roar with the voice of the Son of God and be put on display in his perfect love, glory, and grace to be the gates through which he will operate this year. That is where he's taking us. That is where he's calling you. That's where he's calling me. And that, by the grace of God, is what we shall do. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to have Patty and Donna come up. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, 
there's a link labeled listener support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you. We love you. Have a blessed day.